0: Welcome everyone, we are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a lean-in factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. Well, welcome every single person to the Church Alive Leadership Podcast, absolutely passionate about building leaders because when you build a leader, everything can get better. We're called to reach people, we're called to teach people, and we're called to empower people, and that means building leaders, man, personally, in your family, in business, and all across the life and breadth of the church. So I want to give you a phrase today that I want you to chew on and think on. I'm going to give you an illustration of how that phrase works or doesn't work. And then I'm going to give you a few thoughts around it and I'll make sure there's some actionable steps at the end. So I'd like you to take out a pen and paper and hopefully you're here to listen, to learn and bring your leadership to the next level. It's a phrase I've heard from guys like Sam Chan and many other people. Here's the phrase culture eats vision for breakfast. Culture eats vision for breakfast. Let me give you an illustration so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's say you have a vision, a goal to have an incredible restaurant. Man, you want a steakhouse. You want a sizzling type of Ruth's Chris steakhouse, lots of salt, lots of butter, lots of garlic. You want those steaks coming out sizzling. And man, You've, you've got a chef. You've got your cousin who you think is going to be the greatest chef. You've invested money, time, energy, effort. You've employed people. My goodness, you've stepped up. But guess what? Your cousin, time and time again, produces steaks that are subpar. And because he's your cousin, you don't want to have a conversation with him. What's happening You have a vision for a restaurant that's absolutely incredible. However, the culture has become mundane. The culture has become average. You're getting more complaints. And maybe even it's a a, a next level worse than that. You're allowing unfriendly waiters and waitresses to be a part of your team, all because you're not addressing a culture of unfriendliness or a culture of a lack of excellence. What does that mean? Does that mean your vision will happen? No. Unless you and I change the culture, the vision cannot happen. As a church, we're called to reach as many people as possible. We're called to teach as many people as possible. We're called to empower as many people as possible possible. That's our vision. That's why we exist. But we've got to have a culture that's fresh, that's real, that's powerful. And I believe a powerful culture means the people in the culture are always growing. They're growing in their spirit. They're growing in their love. They're growing in their generosity. They're growing in how they lead. And so I want to give you a few thoughts, a few ideas around culture. I remember I was sitting in a leadership meeting number of years ago and the guy who was leading the meeting didn't say it, it was someone, I think he was at my table at the time, and he said, we all know that culture is what you teach, what you model, what you allow, and what you celebrate. And when he said that, it was like a light bulb moment for me, what you teach, what you model, what you allow, what you celebrate. So I just wanna unpack those four Principles really, or four parts of developing the type of culture that's fresh, real, and powerful that always is reaching people and teaching and empowering them. Obviously, culture you have to teach it, you cannot not teach the culture. Actually, vision leaks, people forget, and so you've got to continually remind people of what you're called to do. It's interesting that Jesus himself had to continually remind the disciples that he was not there to become a king for now. He was there actually to die for the sins of the world and to rise from the dead. And because that was so outside their paradigm, they often didn't see it. And so he was continually telling them and teaching them that he would actually have to die a brutal death and they still didn't get it. He had to keep on teaching them that it was actually the the lowest that would serve the most that would end up being exalted and yet they were always jockeying for positions so here's what's interesting the king of all kings the lord of all lords jesus christ had to continually teach his disciples about what he was trying to accomplish because they had their own agendas they had their own things going on so don't be surprised If you have to as a kids team leader, as a worship leader, as a transform group leader, or a dream team leader, maybe in your business, don't be surprised that you have to continually teach... And model the culture that you want to see. We have a culture of reaching people. We have a culture of discipleship in our church. And that means we expect people to receive the grace of God. But we also obviously expect people to grow in the grace of God. And that means leaving lifestyles that would hinder their relationship with God. That that God is full of grace, but He's full of truth. And discipleship is helping people unpack grace and truth. As a leader, I've often found we have to teach unity, and that means unity around the vision. It's interesting that sometimes people will come to your church and they're not on board with the vision, but we can't dilute the vision because you don't actually know how long those people are even going to stay at your church. I remember one man complaining. I heard a complaint around Believe and Build many years ago. And really, I felt like we'd led our church in a way that certainly didn't beat the church, that led the church to pray about it, to pray for 30 days about their commitment. But the only thing he heard was about money. And if I had allowed that one man's voice to dictate whether I talked about the growth of our church Guess what? We'd still be sitting in a very limited building. We wouldn't have been able to grow because he didn't have a vision for growth. That's why unity is absolutely so important. You've you've got to understand that as we build a culture, we've got to teach it, then we've got to model it. It isn't just your words. It's not just my words. I heard someone say to me, I thought it was amazing. He said, if you're preaching faith, but you actually have a cold, people will actually catch the cold. In essence, it doesn't so much matter what I say, what you say, it's what you are. It's what you model. You gotta show up to a meeting positive. You gotta lift the environment. You gotta have a tenacious work ethic. You have to model unity. You've got to model speaking well of people. You've got to model generosity. And if you teach those things and model those things, then over time, other people will catch it and that is absolutely so, so important. The other thing that culture is really um, energized by are what you allow. Culture is what you allow actually in your home. Think about this. You might believe in disciplining your kids, but you don't actually do it. And so you allow your kids to talk back to you, talk badly to to other people, to really stomp their feet up the stairs, slam doors and so forth. I tell you this, you may believe in discipline, but what you're allowing, you'll actually reproduce. And so there has to be, in our church, coaching moments. There's got to be discipleship moments. And I am not a fan of meetings where you've got to sit there and coach someone on what they need to do better or that attitude wasn't appropriate or this way of thinking doesn't align to really the Bible or the the vision of the church. But at the end of the day, what I really have been encouraged by over the years is if I'll have those conversations and if the people will receive them, and 99% of the time they receive those conversations, then the fruit, both in that person and in you, actually grows and gets larger. The fruit of that person being corrected, man, it means that they'll actually in essence, chop away a branch, but in time, there'll be more fruit. And what happens to you when you have a coaching moment, when you see something, in a Sunday, in your organization, in your business, whatever it is you do, and you have those coaching moments, what happens? You grow as a leader. You may not do it perfectly the first time, second time, or third time, but you actually have to become a good confronter. You got to be able to celebrate people. You got to be able to point out some things and give them some practical solutions on how they can grow either as a leader or simply on a more discipleship uh, basis. The other thing you've got to do to cultivate a culture that's fresh, real and powerful, it's what you celebrate. I love celebrating the MVPs of our transform groups. I love celebrating when people get baptized. Man, we have such a strong celebratory culture in our church when people get baptized. I love celebrating people who make decisions for Christ. I love celebrating people when they lose weight, pay off debt, get um, memorized scripture for the first time, all those types of things I see and transform time and time again. And as you celebrate the strong things where people are growing, other people as they watch that, they actually start to head towards that because whatever gets celebrated gets repeated. And so I just want to hit those four things again. What we teach what we model, what we allow, and what we celebrate are the very things that are building a culture that's always reaching, teaching, and empowering people. So let me give you a couple of actionable steps. Think about this. For you to become a better leader, you got to think differently, but you've got to act differently. So let me take a moment just to unpack a few thoughts. When you show up to your next leadership, whatever it might be, it might be in your job, might be at a transform group, might be in our church on a Sunday, your actionable step could be this. Number one, who can I celebrate? Who can I celebrate? Who's rocking it? Who's a rock star? Celebrate those people. Give honor. Keep giving honor. Keep giving encouragement. Number two, What value needs to be emphasized? Maybe excellence has really dropped or creativity seems to be nowhere or faith just seems to have kind of been sucked out of the room. What value needs to be emphasized and you need to show up strategically to build that wall or that part of the culture that's dropping and dragging and drooping again. Number three, who am I investing in? Who am I investing in and number four, what coaching do they need? If you'll show up to your next leadership moment, day, whatever that might be, just with one actionable step, you're always going to do what you normally do, but who are you investing in and what coaching moments do they need? Who do you need to celebrate and what value needs to be emphasized? And as you do those things strategically over time, you'll start building the type of place the type of leadership that you actually want to be a part of because you've defined the culture, you've taught the culture, you've modeled it, you haven't just allowed anything and everything to go on, and you celebrate what actually produces success. And in that way, you build a life-giving culture. Let's keep building a fresh, real, powerful church. In Jesus' name, God bless you.